0: Welcome to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast, where we share illuminating stories and knowledge to inform, educate, inspire, and empower you in the areas of business, health, finance, philanthropy, art, and entrepreneurship, designed to help you achieve your goals. And now here is your host, Desiree Stanley. everyone to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Stanley. And with me today is my special guest, Isabella Ritz. Thank you so much, Isabella, for coming on the show. I am so delighted to have you with us today to share your story. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you for inviting and having me today. And it's always nice to see the stories of like families. I was um I wanted to go on your husband's podcast for almost a year. And then he finally invited me, I believe like, I don't know, eight months ago. And I was waiting for four months till his spot will be available. And now his wife is hosting me, you know, fluttered. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for having me today.
0: It is my honor to have you on the show because I we've had a number of occasions where we've met and I'm always so impressed with the success that you've achieved. And you are the CEO of Ritz Momentum. And of course, we are going to, dive into that a little bit to learn more about it and what it is that you do let's start a little bit with your story and kind of did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or a businesswoman or was it something that just sort of developed
1: um i believe you never know who you want to be however just recently i was talking to my husband Ivan. you met him uh, at the confluence retreat and um, i asked him did i ever tell you the story about the crane He's like, no. I'm like, so when I was three years old, I was uh I was born in Moscow, I was born in Soviet Union, the country that does not exist anymore. And uh we had the contract constructions going on next to our house, next to our apartment building. Like Moscow doesn't have houses like in the US, like we had they have like this big apartment buildings everywhere, We're just speaking, like New York. And I saw this big crane and I was telling to my mom. When I will be when I grew up, I will work on this crane. When I grew up, I was thinking, like, mom, do you remember this? She's like, yeah, I do. I'm like, that's so ridiculous. And she said, you know, it's actually because you always wanted to be somewhere high, you want to, you always wanted to achieve something. That's why you've been looking at this crane. I'm like, hmm, that's like actually kind of nice interpretation. So at this point, Did I know that I want to be an entrepreneur? I have no idea. Did I want to go high? Yes, I did. So uh, I didn't know that I want to be an entrepreneur. I just wanted to be somewhere very high.
0: I love that story. That's adorable. And thank you for sharing that. You have, of course, achieved some really great heights in your business. And I want to talk a little bit about the balance that you have, because right now you're a mother of three. Uh, almost a mother, four, you are expecting another baby very soon. And that's super yep. exciting. And so, how do you balance that very hectic work schedule and travel schedule with motherhood? How, how would you say you've managed to um, kind of make those things coexist so well?
1: So, it's first of all, it's a very good question because a lot of people they're trying to manage, they're trying to balance it. And when I'm traveling, I see a lot of uh, leaders of, of our community without their families all the time. Some of them are traveling so much, and I will, and I'm sometimes even I'm I'm asking questions. I'm like, guys, how are your spouses reacting? Especially if it's a woman who is traveling, not a man, and like you have children. Like how how how. You keeping up with your family because I see you. like You've been this event, this event, and this event, and you don't see your children. And uh, I just understand that people have priorities. I cannot spend long time without my family, and that's why most of the time I'm bringing my family with me. <laughs> so if I have a chance, if I can take all of them with me, I am doing that. So that's why you saw me with like almost all my family when we've been uh, at the confluence, when we're going to the trade shows. I'm trying to take at least most of them. The only child who is usually not traveling with us is my high schooler who is, um, she's in JROTC program and she has, and she's so committed to like go all the way to the end without any absence uh, without skipping the school so she's committed to do something that she does uh and about the balancing it's a it, it's really it's priority so for me family is important i will never sacrifice family over work i have my sundays and saturdays and friday nights it's always family monday to thursday yeah monday thursday those days are booked for work however monday and friday are always closed from any meetings unless i have to do them so that means if we have some family stuff going on if i have like kids doctor appointments or whatever whatever i can do it those days and uh, tuesday Wednesday, thursday it's only work so here's like kind of couple tips Uh, Of course, we have our period of times when it's like Q4 happening, or like we are doing so many sales or offers or something like that. Then, yeah, we have to like shift a little bit back and forth. But generally speaking, I have these basic rules where I have to be with the family and not with work. And if work is taking more time, I feel so unsatisfied and so unhappy. Mm -hmm. And I feel this such a big guilt that I cannot feel happy doing something that I love. So that's why I have to like manage this 50 50.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And I think that it sounds like you've, you've managed to uh, develop a schedule that you really dedicate the time to your family and you dedicate the time to your work. So there's kind of no, no, uh, cross flow necessarily, you know, I mean, periodically, of course that happens, but it sounds like that schedule that you've created for yourself has really been able to allow you to feel like you're really spending time with your family when you're spending time with your family. Right.
1: Yeah. At least I do my best.
0: (laughs) Yeah, of course. So let's now transition then and talk a little bit about Ritz Momentum and how that came to be. What was the inspiration uh, for creating this and 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 how did you decide that's what you wanted to do?
1: So Ritz Momentum is not my first company. Okay. Um, so my first business was when I was 17. And like, that's why I was always doing something. And when I came to United States, I had to start some type of business. I didn't stop doing my uh, business coachings and I had already my communities, my community built by this time. And I I launched my first product on Amazon in 2015. And because I had already my community, people started asking, how did you do that? Teach us how to, uh, to start business on Amazon. Back to 2016, 17, Russia was... R- Russia has been allowed to do business on Amazon, not anymore. I was... Uh, Telling people I'm not going to teach you guys how to do business on Amazon because it's complicated. Anyway, I give up. I started teaching people how to do business on Amazon. And like as you know, a lot of people are asking, if I will learn from you, what is what are the guarantees that I will succeed? And you're always answering, like, it's no guarantees because yes, I will give you the instruction, doesn't mean and if I will give you the recipe of the uh omelette, it doesn't mean you will use the right eggs, the right veggies. And doesn't mean you will follow all the recipe correctly all the way. So the success rate was about, depends on the class, was about like 20 to 60%. Because like you, you never know who will be your students. You never know how they will be performing. You never know how they will learn and like, uh, two days ago, I was um, recording the podcast with one one of my former students and he was showing me how like right now he crossed 2.8 millions in sales for the past year. Uh-huh. And that's kind of, you know, nice. Uh, like I, I feel good about it. I'm really proud of this person. And um, I wanted the success rate to be higher because when people are coming to you and you see how many mistakes they're doing. You want to do something instead of them and for them. And I'm like you know what, it's so hard to explain because Amazon is so technical. It's not like okay, let's do the cleaning services, let's hire cleaning ladies, let's start driving traffic, and now this business is going to work. No, it's actually you have to follow through so many steps and understand uh, how Amazon algorithm works and what is happening on the background and what is happening at the same time on your front end and supply chain and yada, yada, yada. And this is how in 2019 reached Momentum being created Mm -hmm. the same time i met my future husband with my current husband uh and i was telling him i'm like we are i started agency we are doing this stuff now i need branding so well how do you think we should name this company and we've been workshopping workshopping so he was genuinely speaking at this he, he showed up in my life at the same time when i created agency So it's kind of the new chapter the new book with a lot of chapters um and we've been doing listings we've been doing copywriting we've been doing uh like we've been doing a little bit consulting and then it's just grew into agency where people are actually coming to us and asking us to do the product research because we Mm -hmm. became pretty good at it and again i would never be good at product research unless I would have the business before where I would understand how SEO works, what are the keywords, what's demand, what's avatar, how PPC works. So, and because I had all this background in my previous businesses, I was able to implement it into the agency and into my Amazon business. So it's kind of like a lot of puzzles that been sometimes built during my life Uh, at the end of the day, they're all here at this moment.
0: Wow. You know, I love what you uh, said about the ingredients and following the recipe, but that doesn't guarantee success because it's like the chef has to put their heart, their soul, their energy, their focus into creating whatever it is they're going to be making. And so, sure, you can say this is what you need, eggs, butter, you know, milk, whatever, but is the person going to follow through? And so that is such a fantastic point is that it really requires us as individuals to be committed to putting in the effort and the time and learning continuously and really following that recipe, but with enthusiasm, right? Correct, yep. Yeah, and then also your story about the things that you did before you learned from. And you carried that forward into what you're doing now. And so it's like a stepping stone of growth and development. And so it wasn't like you just suddenly woke up one day and you're like, here, I'm Ritz Momentum. I know everything. It was a learning process, right? Correct.
1: Yeah, it was a learning process. And when I am thinking... Like what is Ritz Momentum, right? It's the agency with employees. Every single employee is supposed to be qualified. I'm super picky. I'm not hiring people just because they applied or like they can tell me I can do this job. I am hand-picking almost every single one. So we're interviewing 40 to 60 people minimum for one position. We're testing those people. Like if it's a designer, they have to create product design, logo design, listing design. If they did everything correctly, sometimes we can tell, okay, so this is the logo design designers. Uh, this is like graphic designers for packaging and these designers for products. But we want to have sometimes the universal people because mm-hmm. we want them to do all this stuff. And it's not that hard as long as you have vision. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for people with vision. And I try to subcontract other companies where they're like, You can delegate design for us at some point if you're overwhelmed. And when we've been doing it a couple of times, it was always a disaster Mm. because people who are like hiring these freelancers, they don't understand what they're supposed to look for. Mm. They're like, yes, people have skills. Like we spoke just now, they can use Photoshop. It doesn't mean they have vision about branding. If they can use... Uh, some type of the graphic skills and they learned at some online courses how to do that doesn't mean they understand the market. So, and we care about, and my personal responsibility, fiduciary responsibility for our clients, making sure every single person who is working at Reach Momentum, we know how every single step works because by creating the product, we have to understand who is going to buy it why people are going to buy the product, why this specific mug or candle or whatever it is should be developed this specific way. We are asking target audience, future target audience, how they want to see this product. And if our employees, such as marketing specialists and designers, will not understand this target audience, we will not be able to develop anything. So that's why all this uh, event of the agency is so important because we have a lot of layers right because behind a lot of this all of these layers is the person who is investing into the business the person who wants to make money out of the products we develop so it's not just like oh Starbucks new mug let's sell it to Amazon no it's it's a lot of steps that uh uh, making people letting people to success succeed in the future
0: Wow I had no idea the level that like depth, that you go into with just even hiring staff for the company and i love that you said the fiduciary responsibility that you have because when people come to you looking for your assistance you're you're not just out to you know make a buck and run away or whatever you're you're fully vested into what is happening with your clients and i think that's fantastic because you're ensuring their success when you are vetting the people who are going to be working for you to help them and that's fantastic i love it
1: we have to we have to because uh genuinely speaking right now the business and uh any type of the business is about brand story like branding and storytelling Mm. and if we're creating brands we have to tell the story about those brands we have to have to have we have to have our own story we have to talk about ourselves too because this is how we committed to make sure you are committed with your products as well.
0: Right. So
1: it's not like, oh, let's create another product that probably this person at some point will launch. Uh, so we're trying to make it really priceless, not worthless.
0: I love it. So let's talk a little bit about if if someone were to come to you and say, like, I'm interested in launching an Amazon business, I want to you know create my own brand, design products or carry products, what's kind of the steps that they would go through if they were going to be working with you?
1: So first of all, we're talking about people's goal and budget. And even budget doesn't sound very nice and sweet for everybody because a lot of people like, I have a desire. I have a dream. I want to launch my brand. And this brand will be so amazing everywhere. People will love it. Uh, It's your opportunity to do that. Are you ready to invest into your opportunity? Mm -hmm. If you are, let's talk. Because uh, branding is about... Lots of investment starts from the very beginning. We have to analyze the niche. We have to find the product. We have to build the product. We have to uh, analyze the target audience more than we're asking target audience, how do they want to improve the product that is already on the market? Mm -hmm. So we can, for example, go on a peak ask uh, the audience, what do you guys think about these AirPods? And they can tell us what do they think or we can ask them how would you improve these airpods and people will tell us how they want to improve this airpods right mm-hmm. so and at this point we already have a list how we want to improve the airpods and then we are creating uh by creating this list we're talking to the supplier asking okay So listen, we want to improve those things, how much it's going to cost us. Of course, because we already have experience, we can't understand the numbers, but we still have to ask, especially if we're adding something complicated. So for example, maybe it will be the different port or something that is not on the market yet. So then we have to create something more complicated. And if it's possible on the side of the supplier, then we are moving forward and we're working with a design team. So at this point, we're thinking how we're going to design and build the product. We're building the product. Then we're going to pick for again. And we're asking, what do you guys think? And people are answering us saying we like or we dislike. Then we're asking, okay, look, this is our design. This is a competitor's design. What do you think? And if competitor is winning, then we're looking what we're supposed to improve. So we're improving the product. Making sure it's working, making sure it's better. So then we're testing again till we will be in a range at least 70, 30 on our favor, mm-hmm. or the best case scenario, if it will be 90, 10, of course. <laughs> this idea we're chasing. And uh, yeah, and at the end, then uh, the files are done, the product is ready, audience approved, number approved. Yeah, we're just uh, starting working on the sample. Uh, waiting for the sample week to two weeks. And then we're ready for production and then we're launching it on Amazon.
0: Wow. Uh, You know, it's interesting that you brought up PickFu and that's a, a service that you know, kind of helps with A-B testing. And it's it's actually what I use to help me determine what was the best name for my podcast. And as you said, they, they'll tell you yes or no, I like it or don't like it when you give them certain parameters. And, and that's what I did. I said, you know, here's the concept of my, my podcast. Here's the two titles, what makes the most sense. And I love the feedback that I got. And so that is such a great way to get that audience, um, you know, telling you, yes, I love it. No, I don't like it. You know, here's how you can make it better. And I think that's fantastic that you're using that service, you know, within the process that you're taking for your um, clients to help make sure that they're going to be launching a product that's going to be successful. I love it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, without big fool right now, unfortunately you can't survive. There are some copycats. I know somebody is using copycats. Uh, i don't remember their names, but when I was talking to uh, Justin from like Justin, uh, what is it about? Why they're so much cheaper than Pickform? He said, Bella, they're not cheaper. They're just charging monthly subscription. But then when you are uh, running the actual poll, you have to pay for the poll on top of the subscription. Um... And like you think it's cheaper by paying the membership, but it's actually not. And I was looking at i and like, yeah, pick four of the best. And like, they're uh, progressing so much. They're releasing so many extra tools. They just released recently UK, Canada, Australia, and I believe something else. Because um, Amazon has so many marketplaces. Mm-hmm. And every single marketplace is really different from another. And when clients are coming to us and they're saying, I want to launch this product on Amazon India. Uh, we have to analyze like if it's actually a good fit because the mentality of people in India and United States is absolutely different right like you can't sell beer oil uh, in Japan right yeah yeah so it's like like you can't sell like virtual anime stuff in United States if people are not getting married here virtually like in Mm -hmm. Japan so it's like and vice versa you have a lot of different approaches when you're going on a market in a specific in a specific country and because people created they're a way i believe to create the audience in every single marketplace but it's so helpful when you're launching something in uk like we do right now for one of our our clients we are testing the audience in uk it takes a little bit longer the poll is not 10 minutes is about an hour but we have the those golden feedbacks, yes. and we understand what we're doing for marketplace in the UK. So yeah, yeah,
0: that's brilliant. You're absolutely right. You you can't market a product that would sell, you know, top. Number one product in the U.S. to India, you know, if it doesn't uh, interest there that market, I mean, you've got to be sure that you're targeting the audience, and so that's fantastic that that's one of the criteria you guys are are fully vetting to make sure that it's going to be successful in that marketplace. That's that's excellent. Thank you. You know, I want to talk a little bit about something that uh, you have shared that's sort of a favorite quote of yours, and it's that you um, really find joy in helping fellow entrepreneurs to be successful. And so I I want you to just share a little bit about how you came to have that be something that's so meaningful to you and uh, share that with the listeners, like why that's so important to you.
1: It's important because, um, honestly, everything super be- super easy. I was born as a Leo. A lot mm. of people are skeptical uh, for astrology to astrology. I was skeptical too. I'm still skeptical. However, uh, Leos, they love to be praised. They love to be thanked. And they love when people are saying, oh, you did such a good job, yada, yada, yada. So... I think I didn't get enough of this phrase when I was a child. And the moment I got it first time, when I was teaching other uh, parents, kids, French and English, I don't speak French at all anymore. Like, I really <laughs> forgot this language. I When I hear people speaking uh, French, I'm like, those words are familiar, but I don't remember anything because like when you're out of practice, when you're not practicing the language, you're forgetting it. Anyway, and when I've been thanked for, like, oh, our kids are, their grades went up. Thank you so much. And then I had another business and people been thanking for the results. I realized that it is so great when you're doing something, when people then recommending you, they're saying how good job you did. And especially when you're helping people to make money, because mm-hmm. the money is the opportunity. Of course, we have clients who are not succeeding like everybody. Like, it's always the rate of success and not success stories. But when you have this success rate, and when you have these people who are like, I wanted to launch, I launched, and now I'm making money, and now I'm growing, and great if they are exiting the business, you feel yourself great. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of selfish. It's uh, something that is feeding us. And if you will look into our psychology, you will find out, maybe you already did, Uh, like the listeners, uh, everything we do, we're doing it for ourselves. (laughs) And if we're doing something and we're saying, I gave my life for this person. I made so many efforts to make him feel good or her feel good. It is absolute false. Because the reality, every single action we're doing because of ourselves, because it's making us feel better. So given the reality of how the psychology works and all these layers, and when I was learning it pretty deep, and I realized it, that it's actual pure pure truth. So you can lie to anybody as much as you want, but the pure truth, you are doing everything because because of yourself, because you want to feel good. So, I want to yeah, feel good.
0: Absolutely. No, I think that's a great point is that when we are helping others, it brings meaning and joy and happiness to us. And so, ultimately, we are doing it for our own benefit, right? Of course those others are benefiting as well but ultimately it is for our benefit and our happiness as well and that's a fantastic point maybe the altruism isn't so much the case you know helping others really helps ourselves and i think that that ultimately when we are you know bringing joy to others helping others to be successful it it gives us um, a pleasure and a happiness that that carries through, and I think that's that's so true. Well, Isabella, before we wrap up our conversation, I would love to ask you, and for those who will be watching on YouTube, you'll see rows and rows of books behind Isabella. What are have a, are, we have a oh lot. goodness, <laughs> yeah.
1: yes, and a
0: lot. <laughs> oh my goodness. Lots of books. Uh, So would you suggest a couple of books that you think have been beneficial to you or inspirational to you that uh, would be helpful for the listeners to maybe check
1: out? So of course it depends where you are and what are you looking for. Uh, I love Maxwell. He's somewhere here. Give me a second. Oh my gosh. I just saw him right here. Yeah, I can see him right here. So where it is so john maxwell he's like this book is about challenges it's right here but when i'm turning yeah when i'm turning my head i don't see it yet this one. you can read this one change your world uh that's pretty good one uh it's a lot of conversation in between maxwell and Foskins, they're going back and forth like which uh like what did they found for each other and how it's better to achieve the goals and start a new challenge and yada 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 i like the talks uh just because uh, I love to speak and I am looking forward into something like speak better from the stage.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, But the majority of knowledge and inspiration I'm picking up when I am uh, when I'm listening for the podcasts, when I'm driving somewhere and listening to another podcast from my colleagues, from all these networking, because Every single book that being created, that being created, it's based on years today. When you're going to the networkings, when you're going to the conferences today. So and you will never learn better than you're learning something from today's and not from the past. So yes, this basic stuff is great those people who are giving us a lot of philosophy and a lot of inspiration and they achieved something. They're amazing. Brian Tracy, love him so much. However, my personal approach is to learn something from today.
0: Oh, that's excellent. You know, you brought up a good point and that's we can learn everywhere and anywhere. And as you said, you're learning from colleagues at different events. Um, So not just from the books, which of course is important, but like you said, learning from today and what is happening in in your marketplace today or in your um, field of business today. That's so, so important because that's going to be what springboards to the future, right?
1: Yep, that's correct. We have today. We don't have past. We don't have future. We have today and now. That's it.
0: Yeah. Great point. You mentioned listening to podcasts as you're driving. So would you suggest a couple that the listeners could check out?
1: Sure. If you're in the Amazon space, AMPM podcast is amazing. It's been uh, fund, uh, founded by ManyCode. Then Tim Jordan took over. Now Kevin King is running it. I love to listen uh, Andrew Morgan's his podcast is amazing. Joa launched her podcast recently. Joa Roberts, you heard her. Uh, well, of course, Pockets of Knowledge now <laughs> is a new podcast for for like great great inspiration. I recommend to just go through like the leaders uh, on the market. Bradley Sutton. Of course, I. I don't know how many of his podcasts I was listening. Uh, again, Maxwell, Brian Tracy, like all these people, they're always sharing something new. Just subscribe, and then uh, uh, you'll be able to see the recommendations. Mm-hmm. Uh, just make sure you're going. You're not choosing the episode though, like that. It's just the last one or the previous one. The episode's supposed to match something that you're looking for, because uh, sometimes guests are boring sometimes the content is not really necessary for you so make sure you're not wasting your time just because you're turned it on
0: great point yeah thank you and you know i actually had um joey roberts on the episode uh two back. And she was just fantastic. I love her story. And when we talked about her new podcast, uh, Fearless Sellers. And so that is, of course, a great one that I I recommended. Um, But I love those. And I will, of course, share them in the show notes so others can take a look at those, as well as the book recommendations. Thank you for for sharing those Isabella that's that's excellent and just finally to uh like wrap up the show can you tell us if if there are questions that people have or they're interested in learning more about Ritz Momentum how would they connect with you so that they could uh pose those questions to you
1: Easy and simple, just LinkedIn, Isabella Reeds, or our website, ReedsArm.com, Reads like my last name, R-I-T-Z, Famous Cracker, or Reeds Carlton, whatever you want, and then arm as a hand, all together.com, uh, yeah, ReedsArm.com, and uh, Isabella Reeds on LinkedIn, or Instagram arm agency, so I'm posting sometimes very funny reels that you can learn from too, <laughs> within one, one minute.
0: I love it. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you again for being my guest on the show, Isabella. It's been such a pleasure. I love hearing your story and the the knowledge and the information that you have to share is so wonderful. And I appreciate your time and sharing it with the listeners today. Thank you again.
1: Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and I'm looking forward for more. Awesome. Well, we'll talk soon. Talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for more great information designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your goals. And thanks again for listening.